Welcome to Lit, a podcast dedicated to life, liturgy, and the pursuit of holiness. I'm Bryn. And I'm Justin, and we're coming to you from beautiful Austin, Texas. Where each week we're talking about liturgy in everything from daily living to following Christ. Welcome back to Lit as we discuss evening prayer. And I'll have to say, Bryn, evening prayer for me, just like morning prayer in last week's episode, is something I've struggled with uh, to, to participate in fully and regularly. Uh, and I won't repeat my story about morning prayer because it's very similar. But evening prayer, unlike morning prayer, was one I really wasn't exposed to until seminary, mm-hmm. partially because you generally didn't go to church in the evening. And if you did, it was Holy Eucharist. And that's how I was exposed to morning prayer. Mm-hmm. I was so lucky my home parish had a morning prayer service that I had to acolyte. But evening prayer was far different. And usually with youth group, we would only do Compline. We would never do mm-hmm. evening prayer. So when I got to seminary and had to attend evening prayer, literally, I think it probably wasn't the first time, but it probably was the second time I'd actually seen the whole liturgy done or participate in it. As I'm on studying to become a priest, was one of the major parts of our prayer book. And it was the second time I'd been exposed to it in my whole life, uh, which was kind of funny when I think about it. Um, and since then, though, I've developed, you know, with morning prayer in conjunction with morning prayer, kind of starting my day and ending my day, I go through periods of time. And if I'm doing morning prayer, I'm also doing evening prayer. And I find, I find evening prayer, though, um, personally, I, I love... Keep watch, dear Lord, with those who work uh-huh. or watch or weeps this night. I love the Magnificat, the Nook Dimittis. Just the words in evening prayer for me are, um, dare I say, more comforting, more mm. peaceful, more calming yeah. than morning prayer is for me. Morning prayer is more about getting me revved up for the day and getting my focus. And then evening prayer really has that effect of calming me down. And then if I manage, if I manage, now I'm not going to lie to you and say I do Compline every time, but if I manage to string a Compline in behind evening prayer, uh, like if I just lay down in bed and do Compline real quick or right before I lay down, then they, those two together, I will get my best sleep. Really? Uh, I will be so calm and peaceful. Uh, it's just something about the words in in both evening prayer and Compline that um, that that really do calm me down. Huh. Well, don't well, look so I perplexed can't, over can't, there, you know. I can't say that I have ever uh, had any practice of doing morning prayer, evening prayer, and Compline on any kind of regular basis, uh, unless I was like at a retreat or at at a monastery, and that's actually where I got introduced to evening prayer. Um, for the first time, because we did have evening prayer at seminary, but it wasn't required. And we only had, we did actually a sung even song and it was just once a week. Um, but again, it wasn't required and I had a family, so I didn't do a whole lot of things that weren't required um, unless there was food involved and then I did them all. But um, at the monastery where I did uh, my internship for my first field ed. So field ed, uh, you know, is like when you're in seminary and you do kind of internship someplace um, and, you know, shadow people and learn about the community. So my first year of doing that was at a monastery called Holy Cross Monastery in upstate New York um, or in Hudson Valley of New York. And, um, you know, there they, they prayed the daily office and they had, you know, you had all of the services there. Uh, so 
you you had lauds in the morning and then you had a mid-morning Eucharist service and then there was an afternoon service and then there was evening prayer and then there was Compline. Uh, and so that was really the first time that I ever had any practice of doing evening prayer. And it was, it was, you know, it was beautiful service, but I have to say what, what actually where I feel like I have roots with evening prayer is actually just because at the very beginning of the pandemic, when my community was trying to find a way to support one another and and have fellowship with one another since we weren't able to meet in person we immediately started praying together online and it quickly turned into like we tried out various services and we kind of you know ended up with praying together for evening prayer and that has been a practice that we do um twice a week um, now we have a Compline service once a week too. Uh, so we pray together and that's been, you know, it's almost like this sort of form of online monasticism that we've found through our regular praying of, of evening prayer together. It's been really special. I'm still stuck on the fact that you did it. If you got food, <laughs> You general seminary people. I'm just oh, kidding. Man. I'm just oh, kidding. Oh, that's just an insult right there. That's <laughs> for the record, she attended Episcopal Divinity School of the Pacific. Oh my God. No, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> oh, Yale. All right, we'll move on. No, yes, yes, I hear you. Um oh. uh, so everybody, she attended Yale. Okay, <laughs> I went on. to move Berkeley on. Divinity School at Yale. She attended Yale. Let's just leave it there. I don't tell people the Candler School of Theology. I just say I went to Emory. Uh-huh. So, so that tells you folks that her story is more valid than mine because mine was a Methodist <laughs> seminary and hers was actually an Episcopal, really an Episcopal because Yale is Episcopalian by background. Correct. Am I wrong? No, no it's congregational. Oh, but- it's congregational. So she's not any more valid than me. Praise well, the Lord. We had Berkeley Divinity School. We were as Episcopal as you can get. That's true. So, but all that to say is, I think just in listening to your story that I just minimized by accident, um, but I want to lift back up. Again, I think the big common denominator between the, what we're talking about is we have to let these prayers be very personal to you. Mm-hmm. You cannot look at somebody else's experience and go, especially if you think they're somehow more devout or holy. And I said this last yep. week, and I'm going to keep beating this. And just assume because you don't think you're feeling what they're feeling, that you're somehow less than them. You're not. You are entering into those prayers. You're bringing your work to bear on those prayers. All the stuff, especially evening prayer, take evening prayer. All the stuff of your day is coming to bear on your prayer time. Uh So some days you're going to enter in and you're going to be very relaxed and happy. You might've had a good day, whatever that looks like for you. And then sometimes you might've had a really bad day and and it's going to feel different. And it may feel like a job to go through and do the prayers and you have to be okay with that. That's just part of your, of your, of your development. I think spiritually and part of what the prayer book seeks to do and part of what daily prayer seeks to do, which is you're constantly being formed by the habit of prayer. And yeah. You have to let yourself be formed. You know, you have to yeah. let that the potter mold you and you'd be willing to be molded. So well, I think that's one of the, you know, that's, 
really the reason that we wanted to start this podcast was to talk about liturgy and discipleship and to make the connection between how we live out a life of faith day to day um, and looking in particular at the rich resources of our church that help us do that. And I think that, you know, this is a good example of how the prayer book gives us a practice that that equips us regardless of where we are or what state we're in, you know, like, yeah, it, it means something different when you have that emotional connection, like, like that I described with my community or, you know, when you find those moments where you feel really connected to that, um, that particular practice, but the prayer book gives us these practices um, to sort of train us to want, what is good and right, um, to practice habits that are, um, you know, connect us to God and to each other. Um, and so we aren't sort of responsible for, you know, reinventing the wheel of our own spirituality all of the time. You know, there's something given for us. I think about it like, you know, when you get to the end of the day, if you don't know what you're eating for dinner, and you get so hungry and you're like, I don't even, I don't even know what I want for dinner. I don't even care. Well, sometimes you get to the end of the day and you're like, oh man, I'm going to make, you know, I'm going to make steak and potatoes and I know exactly what it is. Um, but sometimes you don't know what it is. I feel like the prayer book is, is, you know, especially good on those days where you're like, I don't know what I want. Um, and, and it, it gives you like a whole, you know, a, a limited menu that you get to just plug into um, mm -hmm. rather than the sky's the limit, which sometimes the sky's the limit can be kind of overwhelming. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You become indecisive when you mm -hmm. have too many options. So with yeah. that being said, where should we dive in an evening prayer, do you think, to start to kind of paint this picture a little bit? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, you know, I think one of the things that is worth saying is that the structure of morning and evening prayer are pretty much the same. Um, so a lot of what we talked about last week was about the structure that we go through these different um, sort of uh, sections of, of the office that focus us in, in particular ways. Um, so those are still true. For, for evening prayer. Um, but the content of evening prayer is really what's different. And I think, I think we can jump in by, by talking about what some of those differences are. Um, and the first one that I'll, you know, first comparison or contrast that, that I'll throw onto the table, and then we can talk about this, is um, that the themes of morning prayer, um, and, the, and that we talked about last time, are praise, that's a, you know, big theme, praising God, um, petition, like asking God um, for those things that we will need in our day uh, for ourselves and then intercession, like praying for other people, praying for the state of our community, the state of the world, um, you know, global need that we that we want to offer before God. So praise, petition, intercession. Those are some of those, you know, big themes for for the morning. Um, what's neat is to think about the contrast with evening prayer and the themes for evening prayer are pardon, 
um, peace and protection, um, especially protection through the night. And I think what's neat about that is, you know, we've, we asked for God to provide all of these things at the beginning of the day, at the end of the day, we ask for forgiveness for those things, as we say, done and left undone. That seems especially important at the end of the day, the things we left undone. Um, for peace, to be able to just be okay, let the day be what it was. Um, and then protection during the night. Um, I think it must be like a human universal thing to be more fearful in the dark. Um, but especially evening prayer specifically, and it does this like through the ritual of it, especially emphasizes Jesus as the light of the world. Um, and to make the point that we are actually never in darkness. Yeah. And I think that's important too, um, because we do think about light a lot. I know I preach about light a lot, put your light out before others, but at the same time, and you get this in evening prayer in the opening sentence, uh, which is a restatement of Psalm 139. In you, God, both darkness and light are the same. Mm-hmm. That's my paraphrase with emphasis. They're the same. Um, and I think that's cool because as you come, as you wind down to the day, and as the natural light of the, you know, the sun goes up in the morning, the sun comes down in the evening, mm-hmm. that God is ever-present in all of that. And that you're never actually alone. You're never actually enveloped by some isolation. Yeah. But God's right there. God's uh, embracing you in a new way, I think. It's what my mama, I was just thinking about this. It's what my mama used to tell me. It had nothing to do with evening prayer, but it's kind of a pretty mm-hmm. image. Probably bad theology, but it's a pretty image. That she used to tell, we would do our night prayers in bed when we were little. My mom would say, now, just think of the night, because I think both, like a lot of kids, my brother and I both went through a phase where we were scared of the dark. Oh, yeah. I think that's and so universal. My mom said, just think when I turn the light off, that that's just God's, that darkness is just God covering you with the blanket. Mm-hmm. And that really helped me. I mean, that helped me get through that phase. Yeah. Uh, and to this day, I actually don't mind being in the dark, being in <laughs> darkness. There's something very peaceful and calming about it. Some. It's, um, you know, I think that's what evening prayer, maybe that's what I was getting at in my story is that evening prayer creates that, you know, pardon, I can let go. I can release those things that I didn't do or should have done or those things that I left undone, as you so said. Then I seek that peace and then that protection, which ironically, because of the nature of how life works, the evolution of a day is in darkness. I find that protection in the darkness. There's a night. I guess unless you live in the northern hemisphere, the, the southernmost part of the world, you, you're going to have darkness at some point in the day. Yep, yep. And we're all going to be in the darkness for a minute. And that's okay. That's okay. Because we're asking God to be with us and God is with us in those, in those moments uh, throughout the night. I think there's a really interesting acknowledgement too that maybe we kind of gloss over because it's kind of morbid. But, you know, the... I think the reason that we fear the dark is because it reminds us of death. Um, And it maybe makes us think a little bit more about our own mortality. And I think there's actually an acknowledgement of that in the evening prayer service as well, um, that asks God to like keep watch over us, to keep us alive. Um, You know, 
I, I think that's kind of revealing um, about those tender spots in our lives um, where we feel like we need God a little bit more. Um, and that ultimately is, you know, connects us with, with our eternal salvation that, you know, that these prayers remind us too, that like, no matter what happens in the dark of night, um, and even if death does come to us in the night, we will be taken by God. And we put our, our full hope and confidence in that promise. Yeah. And I think to your point, uh, where you were telling me about this before we started today, you know, the Fos Hilleron, it's on page 118 the middle part of that. So St. Basil, as you eloquently said before this podcast, said this thing was old when he saw it. Yeah. <laughs> this and ancient he said that in the fourth century. Yeah, in the fourth century, folks. We want to just be clear. The fourth, the number after three, the fourth yeah. century, he thought this was old. So you can mm-hmm. imagine what we think of it as ancient. But in the middle stanza, now as we come to the setting of the sun and our eyes behold the vesper light, we sing your praises. I love that image of the sun setting and the vesper light. Yeah. And that presence that that light invokes uh, in that in that in that kind of moment, that presence of God. And then the other thing that the Fosiloron does, it's magnified in the Magnificat and the Nook Dimittis later in evening prayer, is that idea of fulfillment. You come to the end of the day mm-hmm. knowing that if death comes, life is fulfilled in God and in Jesus, and that we we trust that God will come and be with us if death were to come in the night. And there's beauty in that. I think there's power in that. There's peace and serenity sure. in that. I mean, that's one of the reasons that I think like everybody teaches their kid that prayer. I certainly learned it from my Nana when I was really little. Um, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Like that's a very simple prayer, but man, there's really good theology in that. Um, and that is what we believe that, and that's, you know, this like hopeful statement that we make. Also, when my oldest was little and we taught him that prayer, he would say, Fi should die. And we all would laugh uproariously because of it. <laughs> Fi should die. So, I mean, I think, you know, so, I mean, we, we can nitpick evening prayer, but to your point, it might be not as important as talking about these movements. And then more importantly, casting it in line with morning evening prayer or, or with morning prayer as the hinge, the hinges that the mm-hmm. daily prayer turns on. Um, yeah. These two or, or the book, well, that won't call them the bookends. That's not a fair image, but the hinges that, that our daily prayers revolve around. Uh, and I think you had something really um, special you were going to say about that if I'm not mistaken. Not yeah, well, just to, just to, you know, amplify the point a little bit. Um, you know, we've, we've talked about the daily office um, as being this sort of, you know, larger set of prayers. And we talked about morning prayer last week. We're talking about evening prayer this week. Next week, we're, we will talk about noonday prayer and Compline. But noonday prayer and Compline aren't strictly speaking considered part of the daily office. I mean, they aren't they aren't sort of the the major um, uh, offices. It's morning and evening prayer that are, and in fact, in the Book of Common Prayer, it even tells us that they are the regular services appointed for public worship in the church. Um, 
you know, and they, they do have this sort of different history from Noonday Prayer and Compline, which we'll get into more next week. Um, but, uh, but I think it's interesting to think then about, about morning and evening prayer as hinges. Um, so we, you know, we talked about the different themes and how important that is. Um, but I, I found a, a quote that I thought was just really nice that, that describes um, sort of how important these two offices are. Now, so I'm going to read the quote, but this is from, um, from the Second Vatican Council um, in their Constitution on the Sacred Liturgy. So we actually do agree with a lot of things about prayer and worship with our Catholic brothers and sisters, as we do with our Orthodox brothers and sisters, and especially around liturgy. So um, that's why, you know, it would still be appropriate to, to quote something about liturgy that is not from the Episcopal tradition, but that, that we would agree with. Um, and the quote says this, the offices at the beginning and end of the day are just ritual moments symbolic of the whole of time. As such, they are a proclamation of faith to the world and, and partake of our mission of witness to Christ and his salvation. They are also a praise and thanksgiving for this gift of salvation in Christ. Lastly, they are our priestly prayer as God's priestly people for our needs and those of the entire world. That is what liturgy means. That is what Vespers means. As a matter of fact, that is what life means. Um, and I just thought that was such a, a beautiful, you know, summation of, of the daily office and the importance of it, that, that it really, they capture what we believe is important about the whole of time. And essentially that that belongs to God, that we belong to God. Um, and that our, our job as priestly people, which does not mean clergy, um, you know, that reference is not saying that like, this is an office for priests, but this is, you know, an affirmation of our belief that, that we are all called to be priests. Um, the priesthood of all believers is something that we talk about sometimes. Um, and so this is all of us. This is, you know, this is all of our job to pray for our needs and those of the entire world. And that that's actually, you know, what, what all of life is for. Move beyond yourself to the bigger conversation that yeah. is God and God's creation. And the daily office, if you let it, helps you do that very thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we have... We have done a number on evening prayer. I think so. But I think it'll be exciting just to tease out a little bit of next week. Um, I think it'll be exciting to see the movements of, of some smaller prayer services in Noonday Prayer and Compline. Mm-hmm. And what I think will be interesting is to, to see the uh, aspects of morning prayer that you find in Noonday Prayer and the aspects of evening prayer that you find in Compline. Yeah. And, um, and then kind of talk through the uh, a daily prayer uh, movement uh, will, I think will be interesting. Uh, if you were to, you know, from a nuts and bolts standpoint, if you were to utilize everything in the prayer book, what would that look like? What could you possibly do throughout the day? Yeah. Um, and it's, it's powerful uh, to you, to your point. And that's why I want to end on what you said. Um, 
to, to, to really exercise and pray these two major offices and then look at these minor uh, devotions and prayers as a way to accentuate that um, and to keep your daily, to kind of see the movement of your daily prayer um, can be really powerful. So I hope you'll join us next week. And if, like usual, email us. Uh, you can mm-hmm. do that. It's in the show notes. Email us. And I will make sure this quote, uh, we will make sure this quote is in the show notes as well. So if you want to reference what Bryn read, we'll make it available to you. Uh, and as usual, we're thankful for all our listeners. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Is there anything we, we talk about or you want to know more about, let us know. We'll either do it on air or we'll have a private conversation with you. We continue to grow and learn together. So until next week, practice that evening prayer, develop that discipline and habit, and see what transformation happens. And actually, on that note, let us know. Let us know. If you start on a new journey with morning and evening prayer, we would love to hear, We'd love to hear it. how things might be transforming in your life. and what you're hearing and and experiencing. We'd love to hear those stories. So until next time, take care and stay, I guess we say in this COVID world, stay safe. Yeah, stay safe. Blessings to you all, no matter what you're doing.